0: Welcome to Disruption Blueprint with Shannon Spotswood from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help advisors grow their net worth, build their businesses, and maximize their independence. We've built an award-winning platform with innovative technology, comprehensive service, and a team of individuals who are experts in their field to serve advisors. Join us for this journey where we explore everything that has to do with running an independent advisor practice as we bring together successful advisors, industry experts, and innovative minds who are on the bleeding edge to challenge the status quo, foster new ideas, and create a path for advisors to unleash their growth potential. Now, onto the show.
1: All right, welcome to a very special episode of Disruption Blueprint. This is bound to be the most energy this little podcast studio will ever have. Facts. Financial advisor Danny Martin from Shreveport, Louisiana, WFA. Financial advisor Dave Pulcini with six points out of Rochester, New York. And my very own baby brother, Andrew Parrott. Uh, social media digital marketing guru has absolutely nothing and knows absolutely nothing about money <laughs> absolutely nothing yeah welcome so, to the party i'm so psyched you guys are here uh, this is a little bit impromptu we're doing some big brainstorming about how to help advisors build billion dollar brands on the back of marketing and we thought since we're all here we might as well fire up uh Fire up the microphones and capture some magic. I want to start with one question, and that is the excuse epidemic. I think that financial advisors, for the most part, have not invested in their brands and in cultivating their personal brands because it's easy to say, compliance won't let me. It's an excuse you all have taken a very different approach in thinking about, you know, Danny, you're really an expert in digital media. Dave, you're really an expert in podcasting. So why did you realize that in order to grow your firms and serve your clients, and Danny, I'll start with you, that you needed to have a personal brand?
2: So I feel like there's no excuses, right? Only priorities. So I like to think of people use excuses sort of, for a reason to not do something that they either don't want to or don't feel comfortable doing. So if you can't, like I couldn't be in Birmingham tonight because, today because I have this, right? And I like to ask myself the same question. If my favorite aunt had just passed away and her funeral was today, would I be here? Right? And so if the answer is yes, then that's a priority more than an excuse. So I tell people there's no excuses, only priorities. I also think that in our business, when you brand yourself, you put yourself out there if you're not doing a good job and you really on the inside aren't honest with yourself about the job you're doing for your clients or for your firm or for yourself or your family, then why would I want to put it out there for everybody to see? Because you can brand it and you can market it and you can get all the attention. But when people start digging through the weeds of, are you actually doing what you say you're doing? If you're not, and a lot of advisors aren't, then they don't want people. To kind of see what they're doing, so that's maybe the excuse, in my opinion, is
1: uh,
2: I'm not—I don't really want all the attention because I'm maybe not doing the things that I should be.
1: What do you think?
3: I I have to follow up with that, I guess. Good luck. I I would say, (laughs) Danny, the man. All right, bring the heat. All right, so fine, I will. So if you if you can't do it, it's a real excuse. The excuse could be real, by the way. I was at a firm before, which we will leave unnamed that literally would not allow some of the things that we're doing, and a lot of the big firms do. And Shannon says, I'm always recruiting, maybe this is a recruiting speech. You have to make a change. If you want to do a podcast, you wanna write a book, you wanna do the PDFs and the white papers, you wanna have your own custom website, and if they truly don't allow it, make a change. Right. Eliminate the excuse.
1: All right. So once you cross that threshold of I'm now in a place where I can develop my personal brand, why do you think it's so important for an advisor to invest the time and energy into creating a personal brand?
3: Well, if they want to grow, and it's an easy differentiator for most of the big firms, right? If you go back to my old firm or several of the big name firms that aren't allowed to do it, it's an instant differentiator as far as marketing goes. Um, it also tries to communicate with the folks who know nothing about money in a way that they understand and they want to be communicated with. And it's it's a, an easy way to get credibility, I guess. And, and Danny, how would yeah.
1: your clients describe your personal brand?
3: So I
2: saw counts earlier and I basically, they think I'm just a good person. They just trust me, right? The content that I put out, 99% of it is family oriented. It's me living my life. It's showing the story of, you know, who I am. I feel like in our business, we've been taught to know your customer, know your client for our entire career, but don't let anybody know anything about like, don't, you don't need to know if I have a beer, if I drink, if I don't drink, you don't need to know how much money we make, how many kids I have, what kind of cars we drive. Like you don't need to know that, but I've got to know everything about you. And I feel like the last couple of years, at least in the independent world to grow your business, you don't have this pipeline of referrals coming in from either the bank or from an insurance company or something like that. So you have to create some sort of brand. And when we had our marketing coach, she said, a brand is just you telling your story to more people, not making up a story to then tell it to people. So (laughs) if you have your own story, and then you can tell that story, I feel like that to me is what branding is. But the number one thing my clients would say is, I feel like I trust him because hes he seems like a good person.
3: Yeah.
1: That's what my brand is. They, they, feel brand like they is. know you. Well, they're and your they friend, right? Yeah.
3: We get that all the time. How's yeah. the grandbaby?
2: I'm like, how do you baby. even know I have a grandbaby? Yeah. Oh, I saw your post on LinkedIn or whatever it might be, yeah. right? So it's the trust thing.
1: Yeah. All right. So there's about, you know, the studies, it's hard to get really firm data, but basically they're saying that it's probably fewer than 2% of financial advisors have really invested in true branding and marketing and development of that persona. Andrew, in prep for our, you know, how to build billion-dollar brand bootcamp, you've done some research, and both, you know, I'd say just as a consumer and as an expert in consumer-facing brands and helping them build um, some pretty gigantic, enormous names that we're all familiar with. What do you think about our industry in terms of from a branding and marketing perspective?
4: It's funny. I came into this. So it's been about a year I've been looking at RFG from 3,000 feet up and really starting to dissect how it is that people are interacting with these brands and how are they looking. You know, I come at everything looking at selling this concept and experience, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm selling this thing to be able to create a essentially a visceral reaction within an audience all the time. If you're selling a widget or an experience to go see a theme park, right? I want to create a visceral, like, I need this. And when I looked at branding and marketing from a financial perspective, it was always this idea that these financial advisors, especially with like the bigger firms are almost reliant on the big dogs doing the heavy lifting where they sit back and they're like, well, but you know, I'm with, but you know, but don't you see my logo on my business card and no one cares about it. I mean, the more that I was dissecting, because you talk to the financial advisor, but then I go talk to the person. Like, hey, okay, you're a client, you're with so-and-so, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, do you care who they're with? No, I really don't. It means nothing. And they're reliant on those, those sort of behemoths to do all the heavy lifting to make this impression on people. And so when I'm talking to financial advisors, I'm like, well, what are you doing for yourself, um, you know? What do you mean? I've got a I've got a bank of things that I can pull from and I can throw. It's like does that talk about you at all? Yeah. Like who cares? Like it's just trash. And and it's <laughs> so funny because they're, you know and I will hear almost across the board from every financial advisor that I was polling and working with during this, you know, this period of time, just doing some due diligence and trying to get an idea because when you guys talk, I'm in a foreign land. But that's okay cuz I get the idea of how to create excitement with people, right? And every time that I'm talking to financial advisors, there is this like, well, they trust me, right? I get that. Like, oh, yeah, that's what, that's why they stay with me. And it's like, yeah, but how are you creating that trust? Mm-hmm. Just because you're a good guy and you like to go fishing or you like to go out and do some fun things, what are you doing to really resonate with your audience to make them want to be a part of you mm-hmm. and that you care about their money, mm-hmm. right? Like, listen, we're talking about one of the most important things in people's lives and you're not even taking the the time and effort to talk about their life. Right. You know, one of the things I heard from a guy that I thought was great is if I'm talking, I'm wasting my time. I need to hear what my clients are talking about, what my potential clients are doing. And I'm like, well, how are you doing that? He said, I haven't figured it out quite yet. (laughs) And he's been in business for 35 years. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's
0: brilliant.
4: You don't even like, you know, like I've got to go north, but I'm not sure where north is. Like my compass is broken. And I'm like, that's great. Let's talk about how we fix the compass. Yeah. Because it's out there. I mean, there, there are no excuses, right? I hate those lines because there's an opportunity to take advantage of just create your brand. And, you know, maybe you don't want to be the multimillionaire. That's Okay. How can you be you? How can you have that authenticity that really drives people to go, okay, I trust you with my money, but give me more than that. Because there's a hundred of those guys telling me that they, that give me your money. It's going to be okay. Right. I want the people that care about who I am as a person and start to cultivate that dynamic because then that leads us down a path where the idiot in me, when it comes to finances, Mm -hmm. starts to not feel like an idiot. Oh, wait, I'm part of this. All right. Take me on a journey. Like hold my hand. Cause I need those baby steps. And if you're going to just talk over my head, you've already lost me. Right. Cause my ego is not going to get in this game. Do you think there's a
2: difference in branding for like prospecting? So when you're trying to draw attention to what you do for someone who may not be looking versus branding for someone, when they have a triggering event that they think of you as an advisor, right? So when I brand myself, I think of two ways to do it. I'm trying to let you know what I do in a way that I can help you, whatever that might look like. The second way would be when you have some life event happen and mom leaves you a bunch of money, you think, you know, that guy on the computer that does something with money, with that RFG group, something who would, and you, and then you look me up, right? So there's in my mind, two different ways to sort of put that information out there. And I think both are done a little bit different. Would you agree or disagree?
4: I think it's, it's a combination. I think ultimately you have the firsthand where you're doing the branding of this is who I am. Mm-hmm. You want to create those experiences, right? Because ultimately when those things happen, when those life events or those moments happen, it's hard in those times to go, Oh, I remember that guy with RFG, right? But in the cultivation of that branding, when you're just constantly feeding those lines, don't forget when this, you know, these, these life events that we talk about, it's not an, if it's a win, yeah. right? So we know we're going to experience them. And I think if you can start to create those events prematurely, mm-hmm. it saves the hassle of having to you know put out the fire. I like to be proactive rather than reactive with most of my marketing campaigns. And then ultimately when you have those experiences, this, Sprinkler system's already set. We don't have to worry about it. Nothing's going to get damaged. We've got you. Because I've already started those conversations, on, not only in their mind, but you know on the forefront. And I don't think it takes having a client sitting at your desk and you've got their money in the bank to have those conversations. Like, Let's be authentic. Let's get real and start to create those evangelists within the community to start talking about you and your brand. Raving fans. Absolutely. I mean... I'm That's the thing that I have found. You know, I look for similarities within market spaces and being able to determine what are they doing that's working or where's everyone failing, right? Because if we can figure out that everyone's not doing something, then we can be disruptors. And that's where it gets super sexy. And, you know, I look at churches and I look at financial advisors very similar. Like, I love my church. It's a great place to go. And I'm there every Sunday and we're having a great time. But if I feel like I want to tell someone about it, there's also in a weird moment that happens. Yeah. Like I don't want to tell, okay, do you have your church? Okay, well then have fun. Yeah. Be there. And I think financial advisors are in that same space, which is I think you have a lot of people that really cheer you on and are like, you're the best. But it's a hard thing when you're sitting at the dinner table with friends to say, Hey, have you ever thought about talking to Right. You take your RMD this year. <laughs> yeah. I love all these super words. super fun dinner you party. Know, like before this podcast even started, I hear all these acronyms. I'm like, oh, I'm such a nerd. I don't know any of this lingo. You guys are so like in that different smart space. Uh, <laughs> but, but you're right. I mean, but how do you have that conversation to where I am going to talk to you about my guy
1: because I trust him? And that's, a, that's going out on a ledge, right? Okay, so let me interject there because I think this is an interesting point about brand development for an advisor is that if the advisor's brand is out there and it's very values-led, so your brand is here I am with my family and here's what I'm doing in my community and here are all the passions that I have. So that that is something where the bridge is much easier to cross in terms of talking about it with your friends. It's not so much about money. It's talking about like, Oh, I was just at the pink house with Danny eating some vegan food at his wife's, you know, restaurant well fed next door. And there are all these cool, you know, NFL players jerseys on the wall. Mm -hmm. So now I'm telling a story about my financial advisor. that has nothing to do with my RMD or money or how much I make or what he's really done for me financially. So how, you know, I think that's such a big part of how do advisors really shift. And I'm going to kick this to you. How do advisors shift their mindset where they get comfortable exposing their true authentic selves?
3: I, I think it's easy. First of all, they going back to the 2% thing. Like you said, 2% of people are doing it. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so that gap is going to close. So I would recommend getting ahead of it as fast as possible because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The other thing we talked about was the big companies. I think you said it was the, um, they, they keep doing the same canned content. Yeah. That's probably because it's all they allow, just so you know, because they don't want their advisors running out, doing all these one-off things, posting their kids and other things because it's the lowest common denominator. It's no, want some person no, screwing
1: it up. You know what I think it is? I actually think it's more sinister. They, they don't, don't want to own. actually own, exactly. Yeah. They don't want their advisor yeah. to own that relationship. The yeah. second I have a more personal connection with you, yes. I'm tied to you, not the logo on the yes. wall. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Yep. So that, that's right on. So that, that gives me a sense of urgency by itself. For sure. What was the question again? I forgot what you were all so like. You guys are all staring at me. Oh my I god! Just god. Want People to listening talk. to this, okay, Let me just so the, the listeners, this I have eyeballs on me. Okay. I, I Wide open eyeballs and nine oh, cups of coffee right let's now. Do like, this. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They I don't know what it is, but let's do it. They gave me water. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. It's killing
4: me. Like, Where's my coffee? You're like, I
3: flew through a snowstorm yeah. to get here. Like,
4: <laughs> I forgot what the question was.
3: Like, I'm gonna rip off. Oh, my personal brand. How does an advisor start a personal brand? No,
1: how does an advisor kind of expose their authentic self?
3: Well, they just be themselves. What's the saying? Everyone else is taken. Like, I mean.
1: (laughs) Okay. So talk about how you created your podcast.
3: Well, I hired a company that helped. Proud mouth.
1: Shout out. Love Uh, you guys. Yeah.
3: They're awesome. Um, so I literally get on a microphone and we talk about topics and then they do everything else. Um, and this is not an advertisement for Proud Mouth, but it is very helpful when the advisor can go in, do the topics and then send it out. But I think but for us- But why did
1: you think anyone gave a crap about what you had to say about a topic? I still don't think they do. So then why are you doing it?
3: <laughs> so, for, Yeah, exactly. For, for credibility. And I use it for certain things. Like If I'm at your dinner table, I'm not going to talk about the financial advisor, but I'd say, hey man, this guy just proactively sent me this podcast now you're thinking about me i've got some credibility we sound like we're famous on a podcast right is that before or after you asked me what it's going to look like when i'm dead yeah. <laughs> yes. That's in the podcast. That's 30 what seconds they the find?
4: When, if you, I'm they just, find? just trying to that's figure out what question. that linear, you know, that linear yeah, yeah, yeah. progression is. So uh, you, you get it's a lot of a great question stuff, by the way.
3: Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. That's a commercial in the podcast. So
2: the uh, commercial. What's the name of your podcast and where can I find it? It's called Deer Rochester Retire Well. How okay. good is that? You title? should start Dear it. Shreveport. It's like Deer. Strong. Exactly.
1: strong. I mean, we've talked about this. It's Super strong. It should be a deer. Like every city.
2: So we've started talking about the podcast. Everybody says, you even, you messaged us the other day, do you have any good podcasts to listen to? I think one reason to do podcasts is you can say, I actually have one. right? Right. Not, I listen to this one or here. That's why Chase responded with, have you heard of the warrior advisor podcast? <laughs> and he sent her the episode with us on it. Yeah. That was our response was, yeah, yeah. actually we have one and yeah, we yeah. just tested it out on yes, her yeah. who was in the podcast. But for you, I think it's, yeah, actually we do. I have a podcast that's got how many episodes?
3: We just, the 50th one came yes, out yesterday.
2: Just that one, you know, so to your question, because mm-hmm. we all like to talk, the client primacy mm-hmm. book by Eaton Vance talks about chance encounters. So I do agree with your, you're not just going to start talking about mm-hmm. RMDs, but while we're watching the Super Bowl and the, commercial comes up about, are you protected in retirement? It's as simple as one of those moments where somebody goes, man, what do you, the market's crazy. And your response is, ah, no, but man, my advisor, well, I'm all the time. Mm-hmm. They're reaching out. Right. Oh, well, mine's not. Who is it? And it's in that moment where that yep. referral Facts. happens. It's not like a thing that that person has to come out and try to promote so that the client primacy where you only focus on your client, almost like a doctor as a fiduciary, right? Yeah. You focus on your client leads to that chance encounter where that referral happens in that moment, and we've done it with the pink house. They'll say, you know, man, who decorated this? And in that moment, we, without knowing, refer the decorator to that person who asked about it because we have such conviction of what it looks like and the job we're doing. So it doesn't come across as this intimidating referral. It's that you just don't want them to go, oh yeah, the market does suck right now. Right. And just go about to the, to the next conversation. You want them to say, yeah, it is crazy, but let me tell you, I've, you know, I'm not concerned because, you know, we get these videos from Rick or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? So I don't know what the videos say. And so I feel like that chance encounter, too, is another reason to just.
3: You it can't. is. And it's part of a proactive communications calendar, which people are using right. now. So if, if they get a podcast every two weeks, automatically send them the email. We, we, by the way, we can track it. We can see who's listening. We can see who's opening those emails. Mm-hmm. Also, we do a proactive monthly video on 12 different topics. And all you have to do is Google top questions asked to financial advisors. And then you answer that question on a freaking video that's 30 seconds long, not boring, hopefully. Yeah. And you, again, you can see who's watching it. And one by one, we just start to place the podcast thing into people's minds, meaning like I'm telling you, my clients think that I'm famous. If they're listening, they think I'm famous right now anyway. It's just funny. It's instant credibility because you have a podcast with some music at the beginning and the end, and a 14-minute disclosure, by the way. Right. So fast forward through the end. But uh, the, uh, the, the best benefit of the podcast so far, guys, is that my wife actually listened to it, and I've been doing this for 20 years, and she <laughs> said, I had no idea you knew what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> so as long as my wife is on board, we're good. <laughs> so... Uh, um,
1: yeah, you question think, do you think Do you think the podcast market is saturated? I know you you live in kind of the oh, YouTube world. Absolutely. Is it saturated to a point where it's not worth doing?
4: Not at all. Not at all. I think it's an incredible. I mean, so we, we're always planting seeds and waiting for those seasons to happen where there are things are going to grow. And sometimes those seasons take a long time. And I'm a data nerd. I, I have super smart people that actually delineate what all the data means at times. Mm-hmm. But we have graphs and everything of our, every client that's going on. And it's interesting because so we talk about like who opened it, who read it, how long did they watch, did, what was that CTA, that call to action, what are we trying to actually inspire in all these things that we're doing. But don't ever discount the fact that even if they're just getting their email, I can tell you that we see so much traction even from deleted emails when your subject's right. Because you can tell a story even I don't need to listen to your email or your I'm not gonna listen to your podcast. I'm too busy, right? But when I see it come through and it's got a solid tagline that resonates, it's a little seed. Yeah. Right? Oh eight seconds. That's it. That's it. There's value in even the data that shows it didn't work. And I think that's far too often not looked at and given value to. Where are we spinning all of these things? What's the why behind it, right? What's the why? What are we trying to accomplish? And if those things have applicability in those spaces, great. Let's cheerlead that on. And how do we determine what's failing, right? Like fail fast. And I'm a big believer in that. Try it all. Go. Like let's go. But when those things don't work, don't hesitate to jump off that boat because it's sinking, right? I see that all the time. We're just... Dumping money into pro in, into projects and agendas and marketing and everyone's screaming this isn't working, but they've are they're so invested.
1: Okay, so let's talk about that because this is one of the Sounds things like a
4: stock position, right? <laughs> totally, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was gonna say.
1: There's a bias for so that. <laughs> yeah. Somebody get me Rick Waddell. There's a bias for that. There's a study behind that, mm-hmm. um, but this is such a. You know, this is also. I would say almost the second obstacle that advisors have to overcome in investing their time and energy and treasure into building their brand and their marketing. Number one is compliance won't let me do it. Number two is really like, show me the ROI. The number of times I have that conversation, show me the ROI. And it's like, you can't have last dollar attribution. You cannot, you will never, I don't care how good your dashboard is. You will never be able to point to that client and say, you know what? Camilla Parrott is now my client because she listened to my podcast. Mm -hmm. No. Camilla Parrott's going to have the market commentary from Rick. She's going to have attended a Stronger Money event. She's going to see a YouTube video. She's going to have looked at some social media. Like, you have no idea what that last mile is. And for advisors, that is kryptonite. Mm -hmm. I can't quantify my return on investment, so you know what I'm going to do? Not.
3: Right. I imagine so, not having any of those things and trying to compete with it.
2: What if you back up yeah. like two years, you can quantify it. I think the longer the time goes, you can't quantify it. Okay. Right? So
1: you go, cause yeah. you're, you're living it right yeah, now. So
2: we're, we're two years in on a marketing budget. That's probably our second largest expense. After salaries. Per month. So salary rent and then marketing is our, is our largest budget for two years. And our business has consistently grown 20%. Net income's grown. We've been able to manage the balance. Like the business itself is healthy the clients and the referrals that we're getting now are more in our target market. So more athletes, more women, more blue collar millionaires, which is who we focus on. It's taken two years to go, Oh wait, here's the expense that went out and here's the revenue that came in. Maybe it's coincidence, right. but maybe it's not. So I think the longer you go out, you can quantify yeah, it. Do you
3: ask, do you ask when you get a new client, like what, so what I like did this come from or do they come in and tell you?
2: So I just say, how did you hear about us? And most of the time, my, you know, I've, The clients will say, "Hey, I sent your name to this person," or they'll reach out. It's the first thing they say. We don't get a whole bunch of walk-ins. I don't get a bunch of cold leads. It's a lot of, you know, solid referrals. So we know most of the time. Mm -hmm. Back to the, you've got to have some substance. I feel like a lot of the marketing too of me personally, maybe your podcast, maybe my family life and things that we do leads to. Yeah, but I also have this incredible machine behind me. So like, yeah, I'm a good person, but let me show you right. what's behind it. Let me show you the Harvard and Stanford, and let me show you our, administ- our administrative team with 20 years experience, and let me show you the all the things that we do. It opens the door for me to then talk about my business. Honestly, I am more in Shreveport to the random person. Me and Lindsay own WellFed. A lot of people don't even know that I do financial planning. <laughs> yeah. Good it's, branding. It's that
1: so. <laughs> it's, they think you're a vegan restaurant owner. It, I mean, I'm wearing a
4: shirt, right? I mean,
2: <laughs> But it leads. Sponsored by it <laughs> leads that door open to say, hey, well, no, I mean, we just, I don't, we don't need every single, you know, we're very, we're just focusing on what I'm not trying to get every single client. And they go, oh, well, how long have you. Been? And then it just leads down that road to. Mm-hmm show all the things and meet the team and the, all the stuff like that. So it's an yeah. open door to the next room. I have guess. you
3: tracked metrics on that? Like No. Like, like, so, I mean, like the growth and the people watching, listening, nope. whatever? No. We send it out yeah. and just we roll with it. Now, yeah. don't ears close to this side of the table, but no. we just, you know, yeah. we
2: I we actually we have a marketing plan. Um, we meet every week to discuss that plan, but the content itself is very – on the fly spur of the moment I do it I put it out and I forget about it and that collectively if you do it consistently reaps rewards yep. at some point in the future but I don't ever really think I'm But what's do interesting this.
1: in terms of your data in a down tape right a down 20 plus percent market yeah. you're seeing up you know double digit growth both top line and bottom line Absolutely So you know I think to your point tying that back to 2 years of significant investment I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars that you've invested in your brand. So it's not something that advisors can say, oh, I'm going to, you know, and I love all of these, you know, we love all of our marketing people. Obviously we're biased to Pathfinder that we've built on the FMG chassis. But I think that advisors look at this and they're like, okay, I am reticent to spend $600 a month. For a fill in the blanker, I'm not gonna spend twelve hundred dollars or I'm not gonna spend two thousand dollars. It's like buckle up, baby, get ready to spend forty or fifty thousand dollars. Is that excuse
3: number two? Yeah. Yeah. Compliance, then money, right? It's gotta be.
1: I think it's number three, compliance, time. Yeah. And then money. You have
2: to invest before you grow though. So if yeah. you you're not gonna you can't grow your business by saving nope. money. You can't you can you can grow it? in the short term but you can't grow it long term by just saving money you have okay, to
1: spend it so I want to um and we don't have to name names we won't name drop it you work with some very famous youtubers that a lot of the teenagers <laughs> know of um
4: I'm kind of a big deal in small circles <laughs> <laughs> just ask me just just ask
1: they're obviously like I don't even know they're like branding juggernauts Absolutely. How do they, I mean, we're sitting here having the conversation that you'd expect financial people to be talking about ROI and I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars on marketing. All right. Put it like humble us.
4: Oh yeah. I mean, when we're talking about time, energy, effort, and money, it gets, I mean, it's ridiculous what goes into the process to make those things happen. Right. And then you look at the final product and it looks like you've got a guy with a cell phone running around just taking silly videos. Right. But the process to make all that happen, the marketing, the branding, the effort, the time, I mean, it's insane. They, they look like kids just having fun. It's a full-time job. And they understand what it takes to make those things happen. How big
1: is their team doing that? How much money are we talking gets spent to in creation of that spontaneous oh, teenage content?
4: Millions. How do they get started? It's, When you talk about when did it get started or how it got started, you're going back into 2007, right? With a, you know, kind of a, just a silly camera and making some weird content. I
3: mean, the person getting started, right? Yeah, that's, I mean. If I want to start my own YouTube with 40 million followers tomorrow, like how do you even (laughs) start? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and I think you
4: hit the, and I don't know if it was during the, before we started rolling or not, but a lot of it is being yourself. I mean, the ones that make it, the guys that I work with, you, you know, I always get the question: well, What's it like working with so and so? What's it, how are they really like? And I'm like, they're just like their video, right? That's who they authentic are. Self. Yeah. It's authentic, hundred yeah. percent. And because if you can, and that's where I think you you have those obstacles when you talk about you know financial advisors. But it's not just that; it's everyone getting into this social game because we have to get kind of vulnerable. Like, do I really want you to know who my authentic self is? I mean, scratch the surface of this guy, and you're <laughs> going to find all kinds of brokenness, right? But I've figured out a way to live my life in a way that I that I really kind of embody it. I just embrace the suck. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> broken. Let's be broken together, yep. right? And too many people, when you're in, again, I'm going to use that social space, because it's where authentic self comes out because to try to make a magazine article that makes you seem authentic, it's always, eh, eh. it's a little fake, right? Yeah. So when you get in there and you're talking to someone that wants to create a brand and they're saying, well, what, what, what is my brand? I get that question all the time as well. And it's like, well, let's have that con-. we turn into counselors, right? Like, let's talk about you. Let's find the broken because that's what people resonate with. Right. You know, we were just talking about me switching financial advisors, shout out to David. And <laughs> that's, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and not, it, it's not, and it's not. And I think, you know, the thing that made me switch was because I got to see an authentic human being that wasn't just wanting to talk about things that went right over my head. He started speaking to me like a human being. And I was like, oh, I've never had that happen before in this environment. Let's go. And so to answer your question, as far as YouTubers, there's a lot of luck in it. I mean, as far as doing the the right things at the right time and hitting that audience, right? Like audience, audience, audience. If you're a financial advisor or anything, you've got to know who you're going after because that's where your superpower lies, right? Like I can speak to these people and not look fake. I can be this human being and people are going to go like, oh, I want more of
3: that.
1: Isn't right? that, there's so much insight in that. Cause our industry is like, who's your client? Anyone with money? Oh yeah. It's just trash.
3: Well, we get into niches all day too. But Shannon's question was how much are they, so are they, they weren't spending millions before they got going? No, no. So before what, they well, got, it's start? authentic. And then, okay. but then you've got to get big, right? So
4: now the dollars start rolling. But you've got to factor in everything. Now your production costs are huge because you've always got to be better or at least as good as your last video because people are quick to turn you off. And I think that's what everyone has to remember. If you're not in that grind, if you're not Mm -hmm. willing to keep going forward, it's so easy now to turn you off, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's so much noise. Swipe. Absolutely. And so if all of a sudden I'm going to stop sending my podcast, you're not going to get those emails, And all of a sudden, I'm not going to start putting out this content. I'm not going to, then everyone forgets you in a heartbeat because we're all just squirrels running around like crazy. And so those millions of dollars that go into the production, the flights, the crews collaborating with other people, right? Like how much money is it going to take for you to say my name on your place? And I'm going to say it to you. That's just a byproduct of success, Mm -hmm. right? I know bloggers that are making a a good living and they don't, you know, they're able to wing it. And they're doing okay. But once you get to that next level, it's, I mean, it becomes... It's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. Oh. How
2: many people are are not just social media influencer, or, like, making their money from social media versus using social media as a platform to drive people to their business?
4: Oh, the, the, the big question of, like, what about that guy who's got a million, five million, ten million 10 million likes? Oh, yeah, they're broke. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, no one cares. Yeah, they looked at your stuff and they clicked it. But it... Because, I mean, all of those entities and those media out there, they figured it out. There was a time, there was a time where, you know, enough likes, enough, you know, hearts, thumbs up, whatever you say, equated to dollar signs. It's just not the case anymore. So to answer your question, those affiliates, those ancillary, those sponsorships, the ability to lock in your brand with other brands, that's where revenue streams start to happen. I think that's where the financial advisors – it's always they want to stay in their corner, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're just going to talk about money. It's yeah. all about money. <laughs> yeah. And you talk about money with me, I'm like, I've got nothing for you. Because yeah. you've already bored me, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> and so how do we start to find those brands? Because when I say be authentic self your authentic self resonates with other brands, right? Like you, we all like our stuff. We want to, we do things. And when you start to collab with those brands, almost like, you know, YouTubers, right? Now you've got an opportunity to align yourself with cool things and that will bring your audience to you. They'll want to be a part of you. You become the cool kid in that circle. And I think that's where so often right now, we have too many people that are just sitting on the sidelines waiting for, XYZ to do the heavy lifting, and that's not their job. Their job is to make them look good, not you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, there's a it's a fun environment to get in, and there's so many opportunities to leverage. I mean, it's not just a podcast. It's not just you know what's the brand. Like, what's my look? How do I want to be? Right? And you see that in the good brands that we all know. You know who they are. Yep. You know their audience, right? And yep. that's it's super. It's fire. defined.
1: It's intentional.
4: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: All right. We're going to wrap up really quick. Before we do, you talked about, you know, failing fast. And I think one of the true benefits and you certainly having just affiliated with RFG in August coming from a restrictive environment where my name is no, my sign is no, my number is no, as it relates to marketing (laughs) and now wide open world with, you know, compliance, call out to compliance. Right. We all have our guardrails. But Danny, I want to talk about this uh, new playbook that you've created for the cameras the new playbook you've created, because it stemmed from a conversation. You're starting to do a lot of work as a firm with athletes. Louisiana is growing some of the top talent in the WNBA and the NBA and the NFL, certainly at the college football level, you know, kind of across the board. You've got some incredible, incredible athletes coming out of Louisiana. And, the you know, you and, and your partner Chase are young for the industry. They're attracted to you. You were building something really special. And the idea was like, how do you, to your point, you start talking numbers to me and I'm immediately shutting down. Like I'm worried about so my, no. you know, am I going to get to stay on the team? Am yeah. I number 53? Do I get a, do I get a play? Yeah. Not show me how to build a diversified investment portfolio. So I want you to talk about just that how do advisors get out of their way? How do they throw things on a whiteboard and go literally from a whiteboard session to a Canva, to a printed document, to sitting next to a woman on a phone yeah. and basically landing a new client yeah, or right. on a plane?
2: So this literally is a whiteboard experience. And so what the way that this came about is it's not just the athletes, the athletes that we have become friends with. They're just young with money or potential to make money. So it's not that they're athletic, it's that they're younger people people that have the potential to make money. And those people, to your point, they're young. They're trying to raise a family. They're trying to either run a business. They're trying to perfect their craft. They're trying to stay on the team. Um, They're trying to make it to the next level. They're in the gym. They're practicing. They're doing things like that. And so they don't really care about the money part. That's what, what we do. And so the pink house, we started having discussions around, like, what are your values? We've got one of our athletes. I won't say who he or she is. And I said, you're you're the best at your craft. You are. You have literally been named the best athlete in your craft in the country. And he or she basically said, I just want to be rich. I'm like, oh, that's different than I want to be the best athlete. So you want to create a platform to then leverage your platform to do something bigger than just sports, right? So we started talking about what are your values? Like, who do you want to be? What do you want people to think about you? What will they find when you're, when you die, Love right? It Love it. It just goes into like, what's your, who are your professional relationships? Who do you have in your corner? Who's your CPA? Who's your attorney? Well, I don't have one. Well, then you need one. So that's the second part, right? Who's your trainer? Who's your nutritionist? Then it gets into where's your income? What are your expenses? And then it gets to the back page, which is really, I think the most important for at least someone who is, I mean, younger, older, whatever it might be, who are your starting five? Like who is the five closest people in your circle because they will influence you. You will become an average of who they are, whether it's your income, whether it's your personality, whether it's it's, you know, the if you want to be a car thief, hang around a bunch of car thieves. You'll learn how to do it. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, find five entrepreneurs. Right. But more than that is who do you need to bench? Right. So who are the five people in your life that take, take, take. You love them all the same. They're still there. Might be your spouse, right? I mean, you don't know, right? They're great people, but every time they reach out to you, they want something. They're not on your side. And so we have to be aware of like, hey, you you have made it. You are successful. You are the best in your business. You just got to be aware of who those people are that are influencing you in the right direction, but also they're kind of sucking the life out of you as as well and that really came from just a whiteboard discussion and now into we're using it for you know our older retirees are like wait I can use this too, you know, so it's, it's sort of a, a whirlwind thing, but it's been fun to.
1: So how did it manifest where you're flying over here this morning, you're on a 6am flight out of Shreveport and you're landing in Atlanta with basically a woman, you know, who six, wants to be a client.
2: Honestly, 6am flight, we've got about an hour and a half to Atlanta and, and you know, where you going on as a business, but the same old conversations on the airplane. And, you know, I just told her what, where I was headed and what we were doing and, you know, started talking about financial planning. And so I just, you know whipped out the book and I said you know this is just something that we use and started talking to her about her you know her values and not in a format where I had a pen and paper I didn't whip out my computer and start showing her standard deviations and stuff but it was just I didn't I don't even know if I opened the book it was really just you know having it in my hand and having her answer questions about herself and we went through about 30 minutes And when she got off the plane, we would get up and she goes, well, this is not what I expected on a 6 a.m. flight. It's the most informative flight I've ever had. And I've got a lot of thinking to do on my next one because she was talking about, like, who's her closest five influences? Like, she's never thought about that, right? And so she just said, I'll be in touch. Now, whether she is or she isn't, I don't know, but she will be a better person now than she was two right. hours ago because in her mind she's maybe created this this web of people that make her better. And
3: that's what we're trying to and do. Danny's new marketing plan is flying around on airplanes podcast so I used to write, finance
2: on a plane so i used to do thank you notes right on airplanes <laughs> yeah. so i would just yeah, every, I
1: remember that every
2: airplane i'd get I'd right hey thank you to the pilot for getting us there you're probably away from your family you're no telling what's going on in your life everybody's complaining because we're late we didn't get here on time the flight was bumpy i just want to say thank you for getting me to my destination yeah. and i would just put a business card and i did it until you know it it yeah. worked too much that we just stopped doing it <laughs> but that was you know that was another thing we see on airplanes so anyway that's just that's yeah. a real life story from this morning
1: there's, I mean, we could literally so do good. this all day. I all know, right, absolutely. we got you. Got to run your question all around the horn here. Start with him. this Wait. is oh. why. <laughs> so this is Swamp. one of your um, one of your best questions that you ask yeah. on Dear Rochester Retire Well, mm-hmm. your podcast that we love that we're gonna you know basically develop. Can we like actually? We need all of the URLs on that. We should start URLing, yep. dear whatever city, retire well. Problem is on it. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Let's get guys. it. They're, okay, they're so you've it. got a question, though, that you always ask that we're going to end yeah, this. Yeah, well,
3: we've got an ad in thir- about, it's like 30 seconds in, and it's like five questions that I thought hit home and make somebody that's, it's not numbers, it is financial stuff, okay. but it is things that make you think, and the one that you guys are talking about is, if you were not here tomorrow, what would they find? Meaning, like, what, where's all your stuff? How would they find it? Is it organized? Right. So that's it. What, what would they find?
1: So we're like, going to take it in a different direction. Like, let's get a little bit more, like, what would they Dave. find? What would they, yeah,
4: I know. Cause yeah. I take that so internally. I yeah, mean, me if too. it comes to yeah. the financial side of it, just, just call, you know, call my wife. Yeah, She's an that's accountant. It, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. I have no idea. If we both die, I, it's a treasure hunt. But what would they find? Like, and I think that is. I think they would find a and a person that definitely was you know, trying. I, I guess I was, I don't know where he'd find it. And now I'm in the financial space and I'm stuck on just talk to my wife. They would, but from a more, imper, you know, they would find a legacy of someone that definitely earned his scars and has, has rode a, uh, not the, not the normal path in life. And I think that's where my finances have gone as well, where it's not been a trajectory that one would think. And my life and lineage has always shown that everything I do is not about me. It's about us. It's about what can we do, right? Because we are really strong. I'm broken. I'm lost. I'm scared. I don't don't know which way is up, but we are a powerhouse. And I think that we thing is my lineage. And that's, you know, we as a father, as a husband, as a friend, or just a guy walking in this space, you know, on this life journey, that's where I find strength in strangers and in people that I love.
3: So even the non-financial guy doesn't even answer it financially. In my brain, I'm like, where's the life insurance policy, man? Where's the bank? I never even, and so I'm I'm an advisor. (laughs) I'm an advisor. And I never, when you ask that question,
2: what will they find when you die? Not one time in my head that I think, well, I'm Money. like, where's your, like, if I die packet? Me neither. Oh. Not oh. All one my time. stuff where's my I was about plan? to, like, cry and get emotional about families. And, like, exactly, yeah. Wh- and you're like, wow. no, where's your life insurance policy? I'm like, oh, it's in the desk. Maybe, I, I got maybe
3: I'm <laughs> the one with issues. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in
4: my journal there's some yeah. kind of will.
3: I don't so, know. But, <laughs> that's, I was, that's the question. That's, that's awesome. crazy. Wow. No.
4: Like, yeah.
1: And it's interesting because all three of us went to. I
2: never went. And so to answer your question. 100%. I will answer your question because this is a good financial planner answer. So our administrative, our office manager. Of 20 years passed away in February 2022, and I've been in the business since 2006. I'm a planner, and we do all these retirement plans and this and that. So, what would they find if I die? About two months ago, 100%. I've got two trusts one for my kids, one for my, my grandchildren. I've got enough life insurance to cover my wife. I've got my will done. I got a medical directive done. I've got all of my stuff. If they if I die today, I know tomorrow that my wife and my family is set. That wasn't the case two months ago. You're talking about 15 years in the business. Wow. And so, financially, that's the question.
3: Financially, Dang, so I know
2: yeah. 100% that if that plane crashes tomorrow, my family is yeah. set. Yep. Now, what else will they find is like, you know, that's a deep question. Like, that's the, that's <laughs> right, the deep one that I thought you were asking.
3: Interesting. Yeah. I like it. I've it, got my
1: kids it, have to it do wasn't. a
4: scavenger hunt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know what
3: asset map is right like the, the asset safari stuff. i'm, I'm the safari like leader asset map yes. like yeah look call. at the asset map thing and are your beneficiaries that's that's the point of the question. call that's amanda
2: awesome. or call nicole in my office and they'll tell you where everything yeah. is of yeah. mine. Wow.
1: <laughs> This is, you know, and we'll we'll wrap it up here. This is a campaign that I want to run for 2023, which is really creating a, you know, whether it's a little booklet or a card or something that advisors can have the conversation with their clients and say, we want to do an outreach campaign to your beneficiaries just with a, here's our office, here's my picture, here's how they get in front of me. So when something happens to you, if something happens to you, they can pull out that card and know to call me and I'll, I'll fix it. I'll make it better. I'll help in the way that I can. I won't be able to ease all the grief. But, you know, we obviously lost our stepfather of, you know, 30 plus years uh, last October. And I remember him saying to me, if anything happens to me, all of our wills and documents and everything you need is in the bottom right hand drawer in the first folder. And sure enough. Right there. Right there. Yep. It was one of the most comforting moments of my life. It was such a powerful testimony to the importance of being, you know, let's get organized.
3: Man, you guys are all talking about personality issues with it. I'm talking about then Where's the stuff? Oh, I'm thinking about like...
1: I got it all like yeah. family yeah. and love what and like it? what are they going to yeah. find in my phone all the goals I want to achieve like wow. it's going to get deep in there
2: oh. a <laughs> hella nice. clean car and a nice put together kitchen and the dishes will be in the dishwasher like it'll like, they won't find a whole bunch of bad
4: stuff
1: you're going to crack into that sorry, uh, sorry, nobody, into that cell phone line.
4: that's a great line though
1: yeah because the moment they answer. don't talk all right, about dirty numbers yeah Disruption Blueprint this was probably one of the most fun times we'll ever have I love you all thank you for being here. Thank this
0: you. is awesome. Awesome. So good. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Blueprint podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rfgadvisory.com or schedule a call on our advisor resources page. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific training strategy. Information here may be provided, in part, by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guest nor RFG Advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, LLC, RFG Advisory, or RFG. A Registered Investment Advisor Private client services and RFG advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.